The Perth Football Podcast is proudly brought to you by Macron Store Perth, an industry leader in quality teamwear specialising in grassroots, semi-pro and professional team attire. Visit the Macron Sports Hub Perth Facebook page for more. Thank you to Macron for helping us keep the pod running and for their continuous involvement in community sport. So the FCC won't let me be or let me be me, so let me see. The men's NBL title race is going down to the final day once again. Will it be a final day flop for Florida? Will they finally win the title for the first time in 15 years? Where the bloody hell's Ronaldo going to be in two weeks? And who the bloody hell's going to pay 20 bucks to watch Mandurah? Well, we'll talk about all that and more on the Perth Football Podcast. And welcome to the Perth Football Podcast, episode 20-something. I'm Sean Fry. I'm back. Uh, standing across from me is the uh, head judge in the Kangaroo Court, Kalichi Osanwa. How are you, Kalichi? Producer Kalichi. Sean, it's so good to have you back. Man. Thanks, mate. It's great to be back. Uh, standing on my right, man, even greater than you. Apparently the greatest man. This is what we're going with. Josh Chiat. I don't know if I can be the greatest man. If you can. I can't be. get you to eat a hat. Well, we will find out because regardless of can how I, I say, try... Can kangaroo court sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It wasn't fun to listen to in Saskatchewan on the long drive to Saskatoon when I, I couldn't <laughs> phone in and have my say. But regardless of all that, the, uh, the Hatgate game is on tomorrow night. So we'll, we'll, put our, we'll put our submissions in. We'll, I don't know if that's how it works, mate. You said that uh, if they haven't won by this day. Look, I know, I know we heard your snippet. The there are other snippets the I could have chosen. Uh, <laughs> one, of, one of which I said to Josh the other day. I was like, he thinks I've exonerated No, I don't think you've exonerated me, but you did clarify at the end of that conversation. You said, okay, so here's the deal. If they draw then you don't have to eat a hat. And I said, no, I'm going to put it out there. If they draw, I will still eat a hat. And then, and then Josh said to me, I, don't, I never heard that. Uh, well, I wonder why. Because producer Kalichi was doing the snippets. Anyway, uh, that's not that exciting. I don't think this is that exciting. Uh, what's more we, exciting than you eating a hat, What's Sean? more exciting than me eating a hat is Floriot being in a title race on the last day of the season for the third year running. Coburn did them in. Then Perth Soccer Club no, did them in after eight. To, you forget to, you've buried the lead. They had the chance to win the league. Well, well, they did. They did. And you didn't even want to be there. You wanted to be at Balcata Gwellup for some reason. Because two things needed to happen. And one of them did. I know. And I was, I was, so I was at the Junior Cup final game. So for You didn't even want to be there. Listeners, for, well, I did want to be there, but a man's got mouths to feed. Well, my own. <laughs> um, I've got a mouth to feed. And uh, the, the, so the Junior Cup final day, that was a great day, by the way. Um, medal gate aside, um, the, some of the junior teams didn't have their medals and uh, oh. they had to hand them back after the photo shoot and then they, they will get them sent out. Um, I offered to personally engrave them, but I, they, they turned me down. Uh, but look, I did watch the last 15 minutes of Sore oh, Sorrento. Sorry, Sorrento. You are not in the title race. They did play a big part in the title race on the weekend, though. Um, I watched the last 15 minutes of Floriot and Sterling and Tommy Dolman, the great man's great call. Uh, and, oh, just Sterling had to go for it, didn't they? Didn't they need to throw a bit more at it? Because now it's firmly in Floriot's hands. It's a bit like that, a bit like that Liverpool-Man City game uh, last season in the Premier League where City can take the draw because then if they win out, although they had a lot more games to go, Sterling, now Florida just have one game, one win. They're that close. But they had that a couple of years ago as well, didn't they? Yeah. 
I was watching, obviously, the uh, the Balcata and the Guelop game, and I was stood next to Eamon Duffy, who helped us out. So shout out to Eamon Duffy. Cheers, Eamon. If you get a chance to listen to a Let's Talk Football, do that and then come right back. Great here football, man. How, how much better we are. No, do it after. <laughs> um, if you've still got a bit of football yearning in you after you listen to this, then go on. Um, and we were talking about the fact that Sterling were now in it. Sterling now had it in their hands. And I remember speaking to Dan a couple of weeks ago and Cal Whitney when we were there as well, Josh, and we said, what's it like for you guys chasing this league title? And they said, well, it's, it kind of feels weird because we could win out and still win nothing. And they now, everything had kind of fallen into play where it was, holy, we could win out and end up with the league. So, yeah, we was watching that game. We had it on the little tiny screen on, on, on the I phone the while, while we were watching the Balcata game as well. And we just kept saying, like, they have to go for it here. Both teams now have a tr- opportunity where you're like, hey, in the next 15 minutes, if we win, we're league title winners. And Lart Matiang, chance to win the league one-on-one late. Didn't see it. James Bosley. Yeah, James Bosley. Big Balls one-on-one save. save. Massive one-on-one save. There was another moment as well, a little bit after that, was closer to the final whistle, where Ludo Boy created a chance for uh, for Lat Martiang as well. And, you know, it was there for him. It sat up. and to pull the trigger. It felt, it felt like no one wanted to pull the trigger. They didn't. They almost didn't want to be the hero. There were a lot of nerves. At the end of the day. There and it wasn't, it wasn't just Lot. So we're not riding on no, it. I think Bailey Brown Montgomery had, had, a, yep. had an opportunity that he passed up and tried to take an extra touch. And he had a chance, yeah. And uh, look on the Sterling side of the equation. The first half, they really had the run of the game. They had almost all of the ball. And uh, Asher Nelson had a sensational chance one-on-one, which Jason Zardaris made. Probably the best save of the game, actually, that one. But but, um, but story, story of Sterling's season, really, isn't it? That the... Solid defensively, not conceding chances, but just don't have that cutting edge. Well, that they, they they haven't found that uh, that that standalone striker that can just bang in the goals. Like obviously Daryl Nickel uh, with twenty nine at Perth Red Star, and uh, and you mean Schmerl Schmickel? <laughs> you you didn't hear our video earlier, but you'll see it on okay, Facebook. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll find it out. And uh, and uh, Bobby Petkov uh, for Floriat, who until this week has been a really dominant force since he's come back from his injury. Um, second half as well, I thought Bobby Petkov was really well held, uh, similar to the Sorrento game last week, was really well held by uh, Palmatier and Yankolovsky, uh, came into the game in the in the second half and, and had a much bigger impact. You know, Floriot, they really did have a few chances as that game wound down to win it. Can I just say uh, as well, we've a lot's been made about our preseason predictions and about how much Kalichi bangs on about his Daryl Nickel uh, for leading goal scorer, uh, I predicted Floriot to win the league. And I haven't been banging on about them, even though they're top and they <laughs> probably will win the league. Uh, but you know what? If Robbie Petkoff scores 21 goals against Armadale on the weekend, then he... So I'm still a chance to go the clean sweep as well. Um, but you don't hear if, me You don't hear he me scores 21 it. goals in the weekend, I will eat your hat. <laughs> <laughs> You'll eat the hat that I have to eat if, if Curtin win tomorrow. Uh, look... It's just all set up for a bumper weekend. I, I'm not sure what game the great Tommy Dolman's going to be calling. I'll be down at Armadale Floriet, uh, probably in the salmon jacket. They, they love that down there. So we'll, I'll, I'll bring it down for one final hurrah. But John O'Reilly oh, loved to He'd play love it. He like, spoiler, spoiler love, alert. Spoiler alert, right? Love to play So alert. So even though it was, it did go down to the final day last season, and and it was only a one nil win in the end for Perth, but everyone expected them to beat Rockingham. So it was a similar situation to last year, but roles reversed. So Floriot uh, now with the chance with the in their hands, they just need to beat Armadale, who 
uh, it, it are a really funny team this year. I think the 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 wind was really taken out of their sails. I, I really actually actually want to uh, commend you guys. I didn't get the chance to talk. I, it was just before I flew out to uh, Canada a few weeks ago when that cup final was on. Um, and you guys spoke really, really well on uh, the refereeing decision and the Usury's red card, Usury's kick out, yeah, and um, spoke really well on Josh Minella's decision. And I just wanted to say all all the Muppets on social media that just jumped out to criticise him, and then uh, saw the video and were vindicated. You're all pricks. Um, and, <laughs> and and well, Sean, Sean, and, please don't hold back. No, and, well, and, really well done, and well done, Josh. Uh, I, I said it. I said it a few. I said a few times on social media that I thought, uh, yeah, you, you you can't tell from that angle. You need to see it from another angle. But then when we saw it, I was probably too harsh on on usury because I you know said how stupid it wasn't. And look, it was. But we've all made snap decisions. Um, but but since. Well, Josh, you, you're looking at me like I've never made a silly decision in the heat of the moment in my life. I know you have. I've made plenty of silly decisions in the heat of my moment in my life. None quite I've that silly. Never done that. On a <laughs> that was pitch. That at, was... at two, two, and nine. But but we're we're not riding on the guy here. No, um, no. Uh, I will say that 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 second camera angle because there was a lot of controversy about it, and that second camera angle that Football West released, fantastic that they covered the game like I'm that. I'm so glad because it out. <laughs> because that was an absolute slam dunk on everybody who was saying, oh, the referees don't know what they're doing. Look who the thinks they can do a better job? WA. Yeah. Oh, we, we, we don't, you know, we can't progress because the referee, like, the referees are doing a fantastic job yep. at that level. And, and the referees on the weekend, um, Floriot, I actually can't remember who it was, but Floriot Sterling, the referees on the weekend, uh, you know, really testy game potentially. That one with a lot on the line, you know, could have been spot fires everywhere. they did a fantastic job there. But look, the the only reason I brought up that uh, game, that that incident, uh, partly I wanted to to say wh- whatever I said about Usury's actions, uh, Nova made the point that everyone's human. The refs human, Usury's a human. We all need to take a bit of a step back and and chill out. So I yeah, uh, completely cop that. But that incident in particular felt like to me the culmination of Armadale's season. That was the moment that they really couldn't win anything any well that was the moment they couldn't win anything anymore and then the mentality is really tested from there as a football team how do you carry on how do you play the rest of the season when you had so much potential so much to play for you had Australia Cup that ended in a disappointing way Uh, you have the the cup final that ends in the most disappointing way and then Kalichi now tells me you look at the stats and you look at the way they played all season they're on track for their highest finish in NBL history. Yeah, they're, they're currently sitting sixth at the moment. And so not, not a lot of people will have put them to finish sixth this year. And speaking to... Some idiots predicted them to go down, Kalichi. That's not me. Uh, <laughs> no, speak, it was me. <laughs> speaking speaking to a couple um, of the Armadale coaching staff, we, we had a conversation earlier and they spoke about how they kind of feel like this year is a missed opportunity because they said a couple of results which we kind of blew away and, and, and choked ourselves. And they were saying we could have been playing Bayswater for a chance to go above them. Absolutely. A couple, I think it was last week, the week before. Mm. Um, they, they said if we had won a couple of extra games and these are games that we were winning or, or we gave a, ray, a silly red card or our heads were dropped because of the previous week or something like yeah, that. I think that Perth Glory that's, game that's was what, a yeah. big one. I yeah. think they had two red cards in the Perth that's, Glory game. That's the one I was going but, but, and, but and, I, I say all that, sorry, mate. I say, I say all that to say, this could be an absolutely 
quality game for Armadale on their 50th anniversary, not just to f- not just to finish off this year in their highest ever season, but to also set the platform for next year where John can say, look at all these teams that we've played in the top half who we've taken points off, who we've beaten, and it becomes a much more appealing sell when you've got highlight reels of Armadale playing spoilers in the final game of the season. Depending on how this goes, Sean, like the videos could be on the MPL sporting page for the entire country. So that that's that's well, a don't, huge don't put for don't them. put the pressure on the commentator or anything for that game, Kalichi, Josh. It's uh it's it's a great redemption story, isn't it? Right. So we were, ta- I, you were talking about absolutely. how many how many narratives there were. So we've got the redemption story here. I was actually gonna mention that was late in the game where a chance almost opened up for Phil Arnold. Uh, to, to score a late goal against Sterling Macedonia. And that would be an oh. absolute redemption story, which I'm sure you can remind everyone of your favorite moment in, we have um, a narrative in MPLWA Clarkson? history. Oh, I, we did. I And I, I listen back and it sounds really, really harsh every time I listen to it because I said, but Phil Arnold, that's an embarrassment. Um, <laughs> which I, it was uh, basically because he, he, he fouled Jesse Lazaro earlier in the game, got a yellow Said card. It was a dive. And then and then complained that Jesse was diving. It was a pretty clear foul. And then went in and the most blatant dive you'll see, got his second yellow uh, in a challenge with Jesse and then Jesse yapping at him on the way off. I've loved that moment always have it and it's just the needle the the narrative the well and then that was and then the late loss with 10 men absolutely and and then uh perth red star formerly ecu joondalup they were at the time went on to win that uh game and tommy dolman got the big call up up north at that one and just box office finishes every year and in (laughs) last year went down to the final game and it was almost boring because it was perth versus rockingham everyone sort of expected it they won but it was still a title race that went down to the final week. And it's it's now three years in a row and it's three years Floriot. Are they going to do it, Josh? Is this a year? John O'Reilly's got a few other ideas. and I just they, they seem like they're doing just enough now. Like there have been games in the last few weeks where they haven't even played well and they've just scraped across the line. That draw against Bayswater, the luck was on their side there. They, they came out of that with a 3-3 draw when they were really not in it for large periods of the game. Um we spoke about how poor their defense had been earlier on in the season. I think a few weeks ago they were like they were top of the league, but they were like the the fourth worst defending team in the competition. They've conceded one goal in the last three games when the title's been on the line, and they've had to turn on the screws. And actually, uh, and one player who really stood out towards the end of the game kept Sterling at bay was Dennis Gallen, who he was he's a he, big time player. He's a beast, and and he just. Came out and, and him and, and all of the other defenders at times, they've made mistakes in that Floriot back line, but he was determined not to let uh, Dompe in behind when he was playing on him at the end of that game. So the flip side of this whole narrative is as well, Perth Red Star can still win the league. They're Crazy, not, after a they're, 5-1 loss, a 5-2 to, loss. Well, and that was... I well, mean, that's I, what I was going to ask you guys is, I'm in, I'm in the Balcata game, Balcata Grollup game, and we see the score come in on flash score and it's, oh, it's 1-0. And then we keep watching the game for a little bit more and bang, it's 3-0 and we're going, what on earth is happening here? So what was it like when you guys kind of saw that? I, I was the same. We were, we were all sitting around at, at the, the Junior Cup finals and uh, I was asking if anyone's getting the NPL scores and someone yeah, got them up and it was, I think it was 2-0. And as we looked at it, the third one went in oh. and heads were just falling off shoulders. No, no one could believe it. This is this huge chance to... Yeah, pretty much win the league. I mean, it's 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 not it's not complete. And this is what I was going to go on to. We talk about narratives. Who have Red Star got in the last day of the season? Coburn City, who love to spoil a party. But 
Will they spoil Floriot's party again by uh, Red Star rolling them? Who knows? They, we, we know they play well against the big teams, so that's not an easy game for Red Star. Armadale is not an easy game for Floriot. And then the other potential uh, champions, Sterling, they've got Sorrento, who just rolled Red Star. So... It is so hard to pick. It, this this can go. This is one where you need three screens on, and, and they're going to have to have the helicopter. They're going to have to have the helicopter just hovering over the over the earth, right? right <laughs> well, I was well, I was watching the last part of the uh, Floriot Sterling game with Sharif Androwes, Uh The uh, Andraus. I was told it's Andraus like a mouse. Andraus. Andraus like a mouse. Sharif, the, uh, the... He listens to this podcast. He loves this. Oh, yeah, I know. Very he, angry. he was really unhappy that we didn't have a podcast. <laughs> Shout out to Sharif. 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 Yeah. Uh, named after Omar. Uh, and... He was, he was, uh, he w- he was saying he was there to present the trophy in case Floriot won the league, and he now like any good uh, reporter or, or worker would be not at Balcatagwella, but carry on. He had <laughs> three places at once. He now potentially needs to sit. That trophy needs to sit. Needs to tri- literally triangular. Armadale, <laughs> Joondalup, and Sterling. Which I don't know if it's. Te- the ground's technically in Sterling or Balcata, or it's sort of around that area. So Macedonia Park. So strategically Park. speaking, so where would he be best to be to be like a fifteen minute drive? Away? <laughs> Just post up at the Oxford, like we were at <laughs> yeah. on the weekend. That's it's as good a place as any. He's just got to be like next to the, he's got to be like halfway up the Mitchell freeway, just on the side of the road. Like he's just camped on the side. Put the the hazards on and pull over. Yeah, Watching it on his phone. Yeah, I I don't know. But what, I mean, I am so excited for Saturday. This is a final day that, I mean, any neutral wanted. Three teams can win the league on the last day. Uh, It's in Florida's hands though. And yeah, you'd think you'd think it's you'd think it's theirs. Uh, the only other minor matter to play for is the top four. No, no, there's two. There's Rele- two to relegation. Play for. There's relegation and the top four. And and as you were saying, Sorrento have a game tomorrow against Inglewood, who are in a shocking run of form. They're at in a the bit moment. of free fall as well. But maybe they want to play spoilers. But they've got Inglewood tomorrow, and if they beat Inglewood, they're playing for a chance to go to the top four because Balcata are playing Bayswater. To not get relegated, and that puts even more that puts even more on that Bayswater Balcata game because then Bayswater are, are going to have to a draw keeps, in that a game. Draw, draw keeps Balcata up. up, but it possibly knocks Bayswater out of the top four. And so. guess who the two centre backs are for Balcata? Adam Tong, the Tongan, and Trent K, players who've both played for Bayswater. Oh, did Ryan Pearson play for Bayswater as well? Yeah, he did. Yeah, I picked, uh, him, up. I pick, I picked oh, him up. I picked everywhere. him up in the Uber. I picked him up in the Uber once, and he uh, got KFC for lunch, and, and asked me not to tell uh, anyone the coach. But now I've now I've now I've ruined that. Not that only, was two years ago. That's not even dry snitching, Sean. This is like out loud <laughs> wet snitching, bro. Uh, yeah, but you know what? I think I've I think I've earned the right to uh, to be a snitch. Um, Can I say but, a few words on the Belcada game? Yeah, go on. So we're we're watching the game, and to be fair. It was a really nervy performance. Um, you could tell both teams obviously had a whole lot that was riding on it. But when you saw the two teams line up next to each other, you could just see the experience that the Valcata had. Um, Nelson Tashongo has won the league with ECU Jundalup. He didn't play left back. He played in his preferred position of right wing. And shout out to my boy, like Friday's Eco, but he terrorized Friday. I, 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 I jokingly called it... I'll bleep that out. Um, in terms of the work that uh, I mean, you really need it, you yeah, really, you really need that beep. That's like, <laughs> but that that needs to be your snippet for the end of the episode. But you've already we've taken already that got out, one. So. Um, and and yeah, he, and he was superb. He 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 
had an assist. He had he scored a goal as well. And that experience back that that two set a half um, of Tong and and K, they won everything. They were super commanding, super experienced. The amount of times where where Tong was on the ground winning a free kick, the biggest guy on the field winning a free kick because someone barged into him and was too eager was just hilarious. The amount of times that Trent K just swept up behind was absolutely hilarious. It's experience, isn't it? It was just absolutely experience, experience personified. But, but the the other sad part, and again, it's it's tough. It's been a tough season for both. We we were talking about the narratives that could have happened for Valcada because the team that you had on pay, the the team that were out there on Saturday looked nothing like the team that had lost to Emerald. That team that lost to Emerald would not have won the Sunday League. And there were teams, I, I'll tell you that right now, that team that lost to Emerald <laughs> would not have won the Sunday League. Um, and there were players in that Gwalop team who, technically fantastic, a lot of energy, but in that moment, they would have strung four or five passes together five or six times in the entire game. And that just didn't quite have enough. But at the same time, lucky for them, they've also got a game against Glory. And so they go into that knowing if we beat Glory, we give ourselves a huge opportunity to stay in the league knowing that Valcada will need to get something against Basel as well. Guys, this is just, it's delicious. It's, I, think, it's I a, think every game has something riding on it this week. It's a huge final day, Josh. You can have one final say. We'll just run over the other results. Bayswater did get up to one against Perth on the weekend, and Inglewood just gave Armadale a little uh, boost going into their final game against Floriot. Uh, Armadale winning away 1-0 there. And... Look, we'll get on to the women's NPL. There's not a lot to talk about. Obviously, there's a lot more excitement uh, coming into a final day title race, and the women's title was decided a long time ago. Uh, but before we move on to that, what did you want to say, Josh? Oh, I just want to say, like, for, for Gwellup, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, they'd probably be going into that going, oh, this is just a great opportunity, uh, obviously having the game against Balcatter and then having Glory. But Glory have looked a little bit better the last couple of weeks. They've had Kenny Lowe in charge for a little while now as their coach, and uh, he's... Everybody knows he's one of the top coaches in Western Australia. King Kenny. They were they were good. They were good coming back from four one down, and and actually before they conceded a couple of goals, they were good against uh, Perth Red Star in very tough conditions out at out at Forest Field uh, last week, and um, and uh, that you know they came over the top with the win against Coburn as well. So was it Bramwell who scored the goals for them? Uh and uh, yeah, Bramwell. Bramwell's back in good form as well. Shout out to to Gwellup taking on that. Next week. So, yeah, it's a tough matchup. I think Co matchup. Coburn are just warming up for their game against the top of the, or up near the top of the league, Red Star, by uh, losing to a mid-table team, as, as they love to do. They're, they're like a video game character that needs to, like, rest up and get its health back, isn't it? For, for the boss fight. <laughs> they're just waiting for that boss fight against Red Star on the weekend. Uh, we are going to get on and talk soon. I did forget to uh, <laughs> ask you guys uh, our opening question. Based on two things... Um, before we move on to part two and get the great Tommy Dolman on the line and can't wait to hear his voice. But uh, two massive, massive uh, decisions in terms of finances over the weekend. One is Chelsea offering to pay uh, almost £50 million for Anthony Gordon, who's a footballer, I guess, but he's... <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a man who exists. Is he a £50 million footballer? I don't know. I'll leave that up to you guys to decide. And also, I think almost as scandalous, almost equally as scandalous, Mandura deciding to charge $20 for people come down to see. I don't know if that's because they have world international superstar 
uh, Lee Griffiths playing for the club, who I've never actually seen play football. The only reason I know of him is other reasons, which we won't go into. But <laughs> are you going to pay 20 bucks and go down to Mandra on the weekend, Josh? No. That, that's not the question. But the question am is... I, am I going to go to Mandra on the weekend? The, 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 the question is, uh, what's something in your life that you've massively overpaid for? I gave, I did give you warning of this, so you should have had had. You did an answer ready, Kalichi. Kalichi, can you? I know you've got one before, ready. You know, I, I don't think I don't think anything I could before, say would be as good as anything Kalichi could say on this topic. Before before I blow up the podcast, um, with 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 the answer, but just the equivalent, right? Gordon's going for how much? Fifty. Yeah, allegedly fifty. Wayne Rooney went for thirty three. Point three, right? And then you adjust that for inflation. Yeah, oh yeah, inflation's crazy now. I was going to sure, say. Sure, sure. But yeah. if you adjust it for inflation, it's 53.9. But even football inflation's gone even further. But that's what that. I'm saying. Are you, are, you, are you telling me that he is 3.9 million less than 2004 Wayne Rooney? But, but football inflation compared to like world inflation is also on another scale. So I don't think you can compare the two. Anthony Gordon is not worth anywhere near. Well, right. So regardless of inflation... It is an absolute joke. How how many goals has he scored in the last two years? He scored four goals last year, I think, and had two assists or something. And he played a majority of the games. And now they want to fork out. Maybe he's better than I think. Maybe he'll go on to be the next greatest player. But I think there's a Ross Barkley trajectory is far more likely. But also Chelsea have some really good players in their academy and in their team right now. But anyway, going back to my my most uh, expensive regretful purchase is... um, (laughs) Something you overpaid for. Something I've overpaid for. Um, I think the reason I've overpaid for it is because I'm still paying it off. I was going to say. And it's not going to happen. And that is an engagement ring. So... I think that kind of wins. Yeah, absolutely. I don't want to have to tell you how much I paid for it, but I am still paying it off even after I've sold the thing. Isn't the whole point of an engagement ring, or like you you is buy the a, engagement ring. Is this ring, a topic for another you day spend, or for the This is a topic for right now. <laughs> you spend, uh, what, 20% of your annual salary or whatever on this to, to prove that you can save up and uh, and put money away and provide for this woman. Allegedly, when, yes. Yeah. Mm. So if you're taking a loan out, doesn't that totally contradict? That, I mean, like that's that's kind of part of the point too. It's like, hey, I can afford this loan. But I always uh, the other thing about the engagement <laughs> ring is that it's a it's like a promise towards an event that happens. So if like the event doesn't happen, then technically you kind of get the promise back. But you know, chivalry and all of that. And I was like, hey, I bought this. Well, food. don't make promises <laughs> you can't cash, Kalichi. But Josh, come on, you must have something by now. I, if you need to keep thinking, no, 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 look, I would have bought like some, I used to play cricket and I returned to cricket a few years ago, realized how absolutely terrible I was after like four ducks in about five games and haven't used the the bat I paid like 400 bucks for ever since. But okay. I don't think I don't think four hundred bucks. Oh, jeez. Yeah, you <laughs> you moron. How, how much? How much though was the? Uh, how much? Was, a lo- what's the interest how, on that loan? Yeah, you, you moron. How, how much? How much was the? Uh, was the the engagement ring? Uh, more than five, less than fifty. So it was in in, this, in the area of. So it's in the same area as my Ford Mondeo that I bought five years ago <laughs> that I haven't driven for about three years because it broke down. Are you still two years in having it? I finished paying it off last week. Oh no wonder why you asked for this topic. Well, I didn't ask for Chelsea to offer fifty or for Manju to offer twenty bucks to watch Lee Griffiths. Oh, Jesus! Christ. Before we continue, uh, predictions for this weekend. Floriot. What do you think? Floriot win the league. Okay, so Floriot beat Armadale. Yeah, close. Is it one nil? Uh, Does Phil Arnold? 
Redemption. Maybe. Yes. Phil, right, Arnold, Phil Arnold header to win the league yeah. uh, in the 88th minute. I love Please. that, but only if the cross is from Ludo Boy, because he deserves good <laughs> things to happen to him. I know he deserves got nothing to do with it, but he deserves good things to happen. Man, Ludo Boy, last couple of weeks, he's come off the bench and he's absolutely changed the game. He's yeah, he's been brilliant. And um, yeah, look, I think 2-1 win and they're just holding out. At the end, it's literally... 10 players lying on the goal line trying to stop Armadale from scoring the equal. I, I would like Floria to win as much as I'm supposed to be impartial. There are a lot of players that play for Floria that I think deserve a league title. I think none more so than Jason Soldaris. I think he's been absolutely fantastic this season. Uh, really nice guy. Always has time for a chat. Uh, and uh, yeah, R- Robbie Petkov, I think a, a really tough season with injury. It looked like when Sean McManus went down, it looked like, oh, the curse is still on. He's come back. Uh, Ludo Boy, I really like. Uh, and th- yeah, they're just a, just a team uh, just full of players that yeah, deserve this title. And it's been so elusive and so evasive. Um, I, I love the Lart Martiang story as well, going from Floriot to Perth, uh, sort of to look for first team minutes. Uh, not getting them, coming back to Florida and, and being injected into a side as a 17-year-old uh, mm. where he's actually played potentially a key role in winning them a title. Uh, also, I caught up with, uh, I bumped into one of the Florida coaching staff on the way to Canberra um, and we had this awesome chat about the team and how impressed he was with um, Matt Yang and with Bailey Brown Montgomery. He said that those two players have come mm. in not expecting to get minutes, but not only got minutes, taken their opportunities and been absolutely um, imperious in the terms of their form. He said that Brown Montgomery's given them a, a, a ridiculous amount of energy that kept them going in real crucial times when they needed points. He was huge. And when, when, when they didn't when have Robbie, any other strikers. When right? Robbie went out, it, look, shit celebrations, Bailey, but he, he has been absolutely fantastic this season. But now, so, so you reckon that they win it. Who do you think goes down? Well, I think well up go down. I think Wellup have too much to do. But, you know, last days they are made just, for... They just have to beat Perth Glory. Last days are made for magic. They just have to beat yep. Perth Glory. We'll see. We'll see. Well, you're asking us predictions. Put your neck on the line for once. And we'll be back with part two. No, 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 Kaliji. Your real NPL, the women's NPL, we did mention that we would rush oh, yes. over that. It's not going down to the final day of the season. As we know, Perth Red Star have absolutely stomped the league and they've got Hatgate tomorrow night against Curtin. Uh, but there are still places to play for in the top four. So Murdoch, uh, which I think is going to be one of the coaching uh, performances, just to steal one of your opinions, Josh, it would be one of the coaching performances of the season if Luke Thompson gets uh, Murdoch into fourth place because they have had injuries, illness, players leaving left, right, and centre, and they are still within a sniff of uh, taking that. They are two points behind the NTC at the moment uh, going into the last week. So it will require the NTC to lose and for uh, them to win their game as well. Uh, Murdoch playing Perth on Friday night Ooh. and the NTC playing Fremantle City on Saturday. So tough games probably for both sides, you'd have to say, but it is still up for grabs. Yeah, and technically I think Balcata Etna are still mathematically in there, even though they've been on a, a, a fairly ordinary run of form through the second half of good, the season. Good result last week. Well, I mean, the the fact that they're on 25 points and the NTC are on 29 points would uh, mean that your maths is... Oh, sorry. Good. No, we're one game shorter, aren't we? <laughs> it's a little My bit bad. Is, is yeah. math is always I mean, as good correct. as... His math is always as good as... Him his maths. His, his math, sorry. Maths. is almost as good as him telling us which phone number is his. Oh, yeah, Jesus. you got a problem with numbers, I, don't uh, you, Josh? So basically, Murdoch are the only Every team. Every week, there's one that just the rattles. Seven. The seven <laughs> is next to the eight. 
It's a typo. That, typos are not real mistakes. So, sorry, sorry. It can this, be edited. I, I thought Josh had a problem with numbers, but uh, his seven is next to the eight. Uh, math. I'm just looking at maths. I'm just looking at the phone here. That checks out. Yes. Seven is next to the eight. Uh, so come on, Kalichi. Prediction. Men's NPL. Who's winning? I'm going to go left field and say Sterling pull it out of the bag. <laughs> of course you are. Just, right. just for shits and giggles. We'll be back with some world football chat after this. Ah, before we get back to part two, Kalichi, I need some uh, sportswear for my football team. I forgot I got a season coming up. Is it just a football team? I don't, I don't know why we're playing in the in the off season. Yeah. It's the perfect time to get some football gear in the off season. Yeah, where should I go? Year. Anywhere in particular? Macron store Perth. They do some of the NPL kits, don't they? They also do some of the Sunday League kits. Have they do they do any grassroots kits? They do some kits for people who are in the grassroots community as well. Joshy, have you got any questions about the Macron? Uh, where do I go if I, I need a kit for my five-a-side team for the, uh, the off-season? you want to field this glitchy or the should I say Macron it? Store Perth. You can find Macron them on Facebook. Sports Hub Perth. Sure. <laughs> them as well. <laughs> I reckon if you put Macron Perth into Facebook, the page will come up. Um, but you're yeah. also on Main Street as well. Uh, in, ooh, where would we put Osborne Park? Osborne Park. Main Street and Osborne Park. Main All Street, right. Osborne head, Park. Get I'll, head, I'll head right down. I'll head there tomorrow for my uh, football kits for, yeah, all, all the gear. All the sports where Macron is, uh, yeah, quality gear, uh, quality people, uh, quality company. And in all seriousness, thank you to Macron for not only sponsoring the podcast, but also putting their hands up to be one of our sponsors for the Perth Football Podcast Players Player Awards and the Perth Football Podcast Coaches Ooh. Player of the Year Awards. They've sponsored the NPL Awards, so we're looking forward to uh, getting those results through. How many, players have, oh, How many players have voted for themselves so far? Four. How many of them are goalkeepers? One. <laughs> no, two at least. No, just just one. No, I thought <laughs> voted for himself as well. Oh yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> he he definitely voted for himself. We're well stocked in the uh, goalkeeper position in the NBL team of players that voted for themselves. Um, but yeah, thank you so much to Macron for sponsoring that. Thank you so much for your support all year. Uh, it's been a fantastic year. Uh, can't wait to to crack on again next season. We'll be back with part. Dos. Dos. Two. Deux. Trois. <laughs> that's three, dumbass. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's... that's <laughs> All right, back with part two. Shut up. And we're back for part two. We're going world football, and we've got the great man on the line. Not the greatest man. He's to my right. But Tommy Dolman, you're pretty great yourself. How are you? I'm pretty good, thanks, Sean. Thanks for... Inviting me on. No, you are welcome anytime. You, you it's must a, feel it's a standing invitation. You must feel like on top of the world right now, Tommy. Tommy, let me uh, ask you a question. Have you ever overpaid for an engagement ring? <laughs> <laughs> I can safely say that I haven't paid for an engagement ring. Are you going to pay $20 to go and watch Lee Griffiths uh, play at Mandra on Saturday? I won't Sunday be, or whenever uh, but, but in part, but in part because we uh, will have MPLWA men. We will. We've talked all about that. So give us a quick prediction: who's winning the league on Saturday? Put the knockers on them, Tommy. Oh. The knockers. Well, I can't. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay with Florian now. I think they'll get over the line. You are flipping and flopping back and forth. I love to hear it. Uh, 
And look, this is, I said this at the start of the season. Uh, what, what did I, I say in the angry. very first episode? I don't like doing predictions, and this is why. But <laughs> why not, Florian? <laughs> okay. And, uh, okay, what is the thing that you have overpaid for in your life? Cool. Uh, I don't have anything obvious. Can, can I say lettuce? Is that is that a current thing? To, oh, do you know what? Do you know how do you that know how so expensive current. lettuce was in Canada? Absolutely, crow. We're talking like six dollars a head. I, I'm I'm more a spinach man when it comes yeah, to my greens. I, I put in salads. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, We're all but in there wasn't any yeah. lettuce is boring. Spinach, so I had to I had don't to make go friends for with lettuce, it. and it was uh, yeah, and it was it was yeah, it was, it was sky That's high crap. To, yeah. towards the five or six dollar region. I was very unimpressed. Yeah, Australian dollars though. That's not Canadian dollars. Which well, which look, Tommy, let expensive. us talk about the uh, the Premier League, mate. Wait, wait one more second though. Uh, would you pay fifty million pounds for Anthony Gordon at Leeds? Uh no. <laughs> okay, well, let's talk about Leeds. Though. I think we kicked off the Premier League last time I listened to the podcast uh, and, and we went straight into the Leeds chat. Let's, let's do it again because uh, United have rolled Chelsea. I got up this morning to watch the nine-minute highlights and the first three were all Chelsea. And I thought, oh, here we go. And then it was Leeds, Leeds, Leeds. Uh, it must have been exciting for you watching that, Tommy. It was. And... I think when Jesse Marsh was approached and appointed as Leeds manager, I think we expected this red ball football, this high intensity pressing, this harassing, this harrying, this uh, just sort of sort of in your face football. And obviously, given the situation to which he came in last season, where it was very much a keep Leeds up reef um, of which he achieved, we didn't really see the sort of we saw little bits and pieces of it, but really the job was um, the job was a simple one, and he probably had to compromise on his ways a bit. But at the start of the season, we're sort of seeing it a little bit. Um, we definitely saw it for an hour against Southampton. We would turn up and obviously drew the game two two, and at the weekend that was the best performance under Marsh that we've seen by quite a distance. So yeah, really impressive and. Like all good teams, it helps when you've got a number nine in form and Rodrigo's a top scorer in the Premier League at the moment, which I don't think anybody would have said at the start of the season. And, and speaking of distances, I saw a stat pop up today uh, while I was scrolling down the old phone that Leeds ran something like 13 kilometres more as a team than Chelsea over the course of the game. Is that right, Tommy? It was something along those lines, yeah. I mean, it was epitomised by that first goal, wasn't it? The the, the Aronson goal where he just closed down Mendy, and, and yeah, okay, Mendy made a bit of a buffoon of himself with a um a, a pretty a, a pretty rough touch, and then he tried to dribble around <laughs> um, Aronson, which he, which he actually tried to do about um, five minutes beforehand as well. I don't know if you watched the game in full, but he actually did this similar move, and Aronson obviously clocked onto it and and read it the second time around, but. Yeah, that, that kind of just epitomised it, really. There was loads of clips on the um, the halftime show as well where they brought it up where Leeds just penned Chelsea into a corner and forced them to play long. And, I mean, to be honest, I, I was really disappointed with Chelsea as well as Leeds played. I, I thought Raheem Sterling was their only dangerous I'm player. I'm sure you were really disappointed, I'd, I'd, yeah. And, 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 I'd be, and I'd be very concerned if I were a Chelsea fan. But no, Leeds are in the Champions League places at the moment and they're not going to finish there. So I might as well just say that yeah, let, let's just keep on going. Let's finish in the top four. Why not? My favourite part is that your team basically like covered the equivalent ground of as, as if they had an extra player because 13 kilometres is what your is what like James Milner will do in a Champions League game, right? So you 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 played effectively with an extra player. You forced them into a whole lot of mistakes. You executed your set pieces. And then Thomas Tucker was just like, yeah, they did nothing. Yeah, it's like it was, one in Golo Conte, right? Yeah, but ex exactly. And then Thomas yeah. Tucker gave them no credit whatsoever. And you're going, 
mate, they've, they've forced you into mistakes here. You, you want to credit it as an own goal, but it's not an own goal. It's a midfielder pressing and keying off something that happened earlier. And they found something to attack you on set pieces. It's the second week in a row that you've conceded from set pieces as well. And they've played some really good football in it. I, I felt really disappointed that he didn't just say, look, we, we came here, we lost a bit of team. They, you know, because he, he kept on going on about how they were good for 20 minutes and then they stopped doing what they did for 20 minutes. Well, maybe Leeds stopped you from doing what you did the first 20 minutes and they adjusted. But yeah, it was honestly, I was so stoked for, for that result, especially for you, but also especially for the fact that we're now going to just call Leeds the actual United until the other Uniteds <laughs> actually start doing some, some mm. decent stuff. You are now going to be referred to on the Perth Podcast. Whenever we mention United, it's either Inglewood United or Leeds <laughs> United, okay? Yeah, well, uh, it's, look, it's, and, and that's and that's exactly how it should be. But just to touch on what you said, Kalichi, yeah, I mean, pressure can make even the best teams look average. I mean, we didn't. I mean, how many how many times have we seen it over the years, Jorginho just having all the time he wants in the world to make passes? Uh, we certainly didn't give him that. And oh, um, Connor Gallagher yeah, is not going to play a game anytime soon after that performance. Well, look, look, oh, no. look. Speaking of uh, the real United, the uh, fake United, and the damned United, and all of that. Uh, and speaking of having uh, an extra player or running the distance of having an extra player, we should get on to Ronaldo. And uh, particularly given his tweet recently where he said, they know the truth when they interview in a couple of weeks. The media is telling lies. I have a notebook. He's got a notebook. Good and in the last few say? months of the hundred news I made, only five were right. Imagine how it is. Stick with that tip. So, Tommy, uh, we talked about this briefly over the weekend. A lot of conjecture on where Ronaldo's going to end up. The transfer window's closing. Uh, his truth is going to be revealed. Uh, it's almost a week now, a week and a half. Um, what is going on there? Because it's hard to see a way that he stays at Manchester United. He clearly wants to leave. He's kicking up a big fuss. All the rumours are that he's, I mean, the rumours from journalists, uh, only five of the hundred of which are correct, are all saying that he's a, a pretty toxic presence. Um, Josh, the greatest man, uh, Chiat, referred to him as a fully grown man baby on, I think, the last uh, Perth Football podcast that I listened to. Um, but it's also very hard to see any other team that's going to swallow his wages. He obviously wants Champions League goals, and that is literally all he cares about now is that record and, and beating Messi. Where do you see him ending up, Tommy? I mean, I'd rather keep talking about Leeds, but since you've asked me the question, Sean... Um, it's yeah, not I the mean, Leeds podcast, <laughs> mate. You can start your own. <laughs> hey, look, I'm excited, okay? Um, no, regards to Ronaldo, look, um, given the money that he's on, it's very difficult. Um, but I tend to find that in football, these things just sort of work themselves out. I can't see a situation where Manchester United are happy to pay him to sit in the reserves, nor can I imagine ha Ronaldo being happy to just not play games when, as you mentioned, he's chasing records and various things. I, I think a, um, I think a mutual termination or a, a mutual sort of coming together will, will eventuate. And even if the club does come in and has to do almost a 10 million pound fee or something like that, or something that's minor, obviously the wages eat up most of the costs anyway. I, I think he'll end up somewhere. I, I, I spoke about this when we saw you at the weekend, Sean, but I think he'll go back to sporting He'd... And um, which which is his original club, and I think he'd be happy to take um, reduced wages. They're in the Champions League at the moment, and look, I, I think it's a way that he can, after maybe, I think I think PR wise, I think it's a way that he can maybe boost his image a little bit, going back to his sort of original club, and and maybe sort of repairing a few things from there. I think there's. Uh... 
there is a chance they when we're talking about wages, the gent he's still got uh, you know, a loan on an engagement ring to pay off and then, oh, then you can't God. take then you can't take a cut in your wages. So you, we may end up with a ridiculous situation where uh he Manchester United end up paying 70, 80 percent of his wages and sporting Lisbon pay and, and they just take that hit because they save a hundred grand a week, even if they're still paying him three hundred. It won't even be a case of it being saved from from all well the money is important for sure, but the biggest thing, especially for Eric Ten Hag, is there's reports coming out from Manchester United journalists who are saying that this person has actually become a toxic presence in the team. This person has been telling um, or been briefing other players against pressing in these situations. And Sean, we talk about it all the time, and we laugh about it when one Bissaka's in the team as well, where we say that they're playing with 10 men on each side of the ball. So in terms of playing playing with one ex- one less man when they're attacking because Basaka can't pass not a footballer as, as yeah. good as any other other players who play right back and then defensively Ronaldo does nothing so you don't want to be in a situation where you are playing these teams and they're already running 13 kilometers more than you and then you've got one person who's doing not as much work as everybody else so as much as it'll be a good thing for them to get rid of him for the money it might be an even better thing to get rid of him for the building an actual team a culture a presence a philosophy an idea Josh has been putting his hand up for the whole five minutes of this conversation we've been right. ignoring him so Josh I uh, yeah, I don't know if I hate Ronaldo quite as, as vividly as the two of you, but oh, I don't hate a strong word. Hate uh, I hate a strong but, word. But, but, but long may he stay in Manchester United, though. <laughs> but, but but I think like you know, even going back years and years ago, you know, his his ability to press is, has always been an issue, but it's been able to, you know, he hasn't had to do it because he's been the star man up front, so technically good, scores so many goals. Like it's it, whether whether he's pressing or not, it's not an issue. But yeah, he's he, you know he's he's a man you don't have in defence, but. The incredible thing is, you know, is the way that you go out and, and the impact that it sort of has on your legacy if you compare, and, and I think he's so obsessed with this, the comparison between him and Messi. And you compare him and Messi and Messi's last years, you know, the gracefulness there, it, it's to borrow something from uh, from classic poetry, he's, a, he's an Ozymandias figure. He's, he's, he's you know, he's got the cracking visage right now he's going look on my works you mighty in despair and i i just you know fucking it's not, if, i don't know we, about if, I, if, we're getting really poetry loved, in on this i'm, I'm yeah. way out of my depth if 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 you really loved manchester united the way he sort of claimed he did when he returned to the club i, I don't know if he'd be buddy able. buddy buddy one he doesn't right <laughs> he, he would have got he's going to go to man city two <laughs> and now he's going to go to atletico madrid he does and not three yeah. three going back to your point about him never being a good presser that's absolutely fine when you score the most goals in the mm. league but it's also fine when they have built the entire team around your strengths well tommy said on the weekend so, when you've got Karim benzema doing, doing the running all of the you. work and you've got a, an elite team around you right now he has got a You've bunch got of Modric, Casemiro and Cruz around you and they're, and they're doing all the yard dog stuff. That's going to have Casemiro around yeah, yeah, he has if he stays. If he stays. It's a, it's a different and, kind of Casemiro as well though. And again and, and, Sorry Tommy. You sorry. Go. No no sorry. I was I was just about to say and you look at and, and this is and this is why with star players and with egos you need to have system based around it and you need to have facilitators and players who do, do different roles. It's a reason why teams like Paris Saint-Germain, for example, have been unable to break through and win the Champions League as of yet because you can throw all the star names in there. But if you don't have a a cohesive team unit with facilitators and with players who are happy to do the the dirty work and all working together in one sort of 
harmonious system, then then you don't get the results at the end of the day. A couple of teams that do have cohesive team units. Before we wrap up the podcast for another week, Arsenal Football Club. Where has that come from? They're looking pretty good, although they have always been a team that if they get a couple of goals ahead, they look very, very good. So we'll see how they go with the tougher fixtures. Don't have too much time to talk about Arsenal. I don't really want to because they're very good at the moment and I don't like talking no, about we need to. We need good. to talk about them being good because it's, it's honestly, it's good for the league. It's it, good for the league. It is. Uh, Another, well, speaking of good for the league, those Saudis down at Newcastle uh, doing the right thing, getting points off Manchester City this morning. And, um, and we all know that, that Kieran Trippier and the, and the Saudi project down there is, is only good for football. Uh, we could probably do a whole uh, episode about why Kalichi thinks that is the case. But, yeah, I, I mean, we were two weeks into, the, we were two, we were two <laughs> weeks into the season and uh, four points up was the, was the gap between Liverpool and Manchester City, everyone's picks uh, for the title race. And, oh, I mean, I don't know if a team's ever come back from, I, I mentioned this in one of our group chats, I don't know if a team's ever come back from four points behind with 36 games to play and, and won the league. But it, the title race was done and now Newcastle have got a point at City but it's another one of these, like Liverpool coming from behind and getting points uh, in games where they should have won. Well, no, should have in football, but against uh, Palace and Fulham. But City would be expecting to win that. 3-1 down. That can be the point that wins them the league. I feel like we've been waiting and waiting and waiting for, and I've sort of been saying it every year, it's not going to be 90 to 95 points that wins the league this year. They can't keep up this pace. And somehow either Liverpool or Manchester City have maintained that pace for a few years. And I think what we're seeing now is a league where there isn't a lot of room for City and Liverpool to improve. That they, they, They're very close to the ceiling of what a football team can be. And a lot of other teams below them have now improved, particularly your Newcastles. Uh, we've talked a bit about Leeds. Your Tottenham's. There are Tottenham, very, very good with a very good manager. Coaching. The Premier League have spent the most money in the the rest of the football leagues, almost all of them combined in some cases in terms of the transfer fees that have been happening. And a lot of them have been for mid-table clubs or lower-table clubs. Nottingham Forest. Look at Nottingham Forest spending that much money. And I think you're right, John. I think if there is a season where teams and where the winner of the Premier League has 85 points. What a cra year, crazy times. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the year where there is the World Cup bang in the middle of the season. And we don't know what that's going to be like with players potentially deciding not to play games in the lead-up to the World Cup. They don't want to get hurt. All players coming back from the World Cup injured and needing time to get fit and, and having a halt start the entire season again. So, yeah, it, it could absolutely be the season where that happens, Josh. Is this how sports washing happens, by the way? Like absolutely. The, the yeah. Saudis do Liverpool a favour and you're all, you're all cool with the, that, the that, project? That is, what I, was, that is <laughs> what I was hinting Because you're not going to yeah. watch the World Cup in Qatar, right? You took a big stand on this the other day. I, d I do not want to watch the World Cup in Qatar, no. Do I you know how it's going to happen? It's going to happen exactly like it was in Brazil for me, where it's just like group stage. I'm like, I'm not going to watch any of this. And you're like, oh, Germany versus Spain? <laughs> Australia are in the quarterfinals? How did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we talked about all of that. Um, no, don't like it. Don't like Newcastle. Cannot wait to see that third kit in the Saudi Arabia colours that they're oh. going to be wearing this year. Absolutely shameless sports washing. But you know what? If Kieran Trippier can score another free kick the next time they play them and uh, we win the league, maybe it is all for the best. Kalichi, what do you reckon? Alhamdulillah, bro. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> Oh, I think that's all this uh, week for the Perth. No, before we podcast. go, Tommy, you were Kalechi? at the you were at the coronation of Red Star um, when they played Murdoch yesterday. Yeah, I was, and it was good to see 
them celebrating and really enjoying it, to, to be honest. Obviously, it's been a long season. It's been a title that's been inevitable for a number of Oh, the of presentation, weeks. of course. Sorry, my bad. Um, but, but obviously, for them to finally lift that trophy and, you, and the girls really sort of enjoyed that moment, obviously, sharing some conversations. The coaching staff were all involved as well. And it was, it was really nice to see. It wasn't a vintage performance um, from Red Star on, on the day. I, I know Murdoch University Melbourne had quite a few players out, um, a player who was missing um, with COVID as well. Um, so, so it wasn't the, the best team that Luke Thompson put out there, but they fought really hard and gave Red Star a pretty stern test at least for the first half. And, and Red Star got the job done with, with some ruthless finishing as we've seen for the whole season. So yeah, they're, they're going to be favourites to go through it unbeaten now and, and, and to probably win the top four cup as well. And, and what a season it would have been in totality. You mentioned the top four cup and, and Mum FC have a game next week to get a chance to, to be in there and to participate. And we alluded to it earlier in terms of the quality of, of, of the work that Thompson's been doing there or Tom has been doing there. Um, do you reckon that they've got a, a real good chance? you reckon they can do it? I think the thing that's in their favour is that Perth have sewn up second spot. Um, but based on the fact they're three points clear and significant goal difference over Freo with their win over Subi yesterday. So um, they may not... They, they may... I, I don't know what, what Pete's plans will be, obviously, Pete Rakic, but... It might be an opportunity where they can rest a couple of players. Obviously, they're missing Zoe Spadano now as well. Um, so maybe it is an opportunity for, 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 for my MFC to go out there on the Friday night and, and knowing that they are playing first on the weekend to just give it a real good bash and, and see if they can get over the line and get three points because obviously um, then that would put the impetus on NTC to win against Fremantle. Is it, uh, is it two games in a week for the, uh, the teams that make the preliminary final in the top four cup, Tommy? Do you know that? Yeah, so usually what happens is is the semis get played on the weekend, on the uh, Saturday. Uh, obviously, the fixturing will be confirmed by Football West, but usually on the weekend, and then the prelims are on a Wednesday. All right. Well, we'll look forward to those. We're all obviously very much looking forward to this uh, mouth-watering clash. Do you know which game you're at on Saturday, Tommy, in the, the final day of the men's? I should find that out tomorrow, Sean, but uh, either way, um, I'm looking forward to the final day. I can't wait to track it all, and I might, e- I might even bring my iPad down just to get the other game on the other screen. Jesus, so, uh, when, when, when Tommy does the game, the iPad down, we games, Tommy. There's going to be two more games. Do you reckon they'll find a third commentator to take the third you, game You've you got to bring the iPad and get the phone on as well. We're going to need uh, two screens going. It's going to be a massive weekend. Get down to one of them. If you come down to Armadale, look for the guy in the salmon jacket. Come and say hello. Give him a big hug. That'll be me. Um, if you are out at either uh, Red Star or Sterling. Where are Sterling playing? Is it at Sorrento? Uh, or Macedonia, Macedonia Park home. against at Macedonia home. Park. Yeah. Well, you, or you're there, you may see Tommy at one of those two grounds, or you can just do the Sharif and Drouse thing and just triangulate your position, probably end up in Leaderville somewhere and shoot to the winning team. But it's going to be a massive weekend. Oh, We've obviously got Liverpool-Manchester United uh, tonight to get up for, which uh, we haven't talked about too much. Uh, it may not go ahead with the uh, protests planned. The last one... Uh, didn't last year, but uh, and then we'll, we'll we'll dive deeper into the women's game next week when there's a bit more to play for. But it's just a massive, massive week in football. Shout out to Luka Modric for one of the most sumptuous goals we've seen in the weekend. One of my favourite footballers. He's got the La Liga and Optus Sports, so start checking that out as well. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. We're going to have a lot to talk about then. Uh, any more for any more, Josh? Oh, I just uh, Sterling being at home. Uh, the atmosphere at that ground at Macedonia Ooh, Park when yes. it's really humming is 
incredible. It's, it's, so it, can you imagine? Gonna, can you imagine when the like, the first Armadale goal comes through? Then the noise at Macedonia. Oh, they're going to be on the stream. <laughs> Someone's going to tell the players. Is everything is going to like? Players will know from the crowd. Up. They'll know from the crowd. It'll be exa- It'll be exactly like those final days in the Premier League. Slightly smaller scale, but yeah. Smaller yes, scale, exactly but but so. the atmosphere, it, it's going to have that feel about yeah, it. It's going to be huge. Three teams are in it. It's incredible. Any more for any more, Kalichi? Uh, good to have Sean back. Uh, good to have the uh, the Dream Team back. And remember, be, be kind to each other. And if you are going to buy an engagement ring, uh, let me know and I can give you some advice. Follow through on your promises. Tommy? Ouch. Two very quick things. Anything can happen. No, you Can't get wait. one. We, 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 saw what, we saw what happened in 2020. I don't know if you referred to it before. With <laughs> we did, we and did. And, and East Houston. And so, but yeah, can't wait for it. Second thing is, uh, big up Cut to him off. Kings. Big up to Kingsway. Tuffy. Point in their last two games um, to confirm their promotion to the MPL. And Gosnells, if they beat Valga on Tuesday night, uh, will get promotion from Div Two to Div One. All if right. they get promotion, the Gosnells granny is coming. We'll be back in your ear holes next Tuesday. See you, boys and girls. Bye bye bye. Bye bye. Hello. See ya. Bloody hell is going to play 20 bucks to... Oh, f- f- damn it. F- One what take, short strikes again. <laughs> damn it. <laughs>